0: Well, good morning, guys. My name is Sellers. I've been in here a couple times. Um, As you guys know, I'm the college pastor here at North Star. I have a little less beard than Chris, so know that it's okay. I still have some wisdom, some. Maybe not as much as him, but I've got a little bit. So yesterday he called. and was like, hey, dude. I'm throwing up, so like, I don't think it's best for me to be there. I would love if you would speak. So what I want to do before we even get rolling is pray over Chris, who leads you guys every week, that he would feel better and that he would begin to be, regain his health or you know the different, I guess, hydration after throwing up so much. We'll just leave it at that. We won't get any more vivid than that picture. So let's pray real quick. God, I thank you for Chris. God, I thank you for how he leads these students so well. I pray over him as these students pray with me, God, that you, you would just put your hand around him. God, that you would help him to feel better, whether it was a food thing or a sickness bug. God, I pray that you would begin to help him to feel better, to feel um, good enough to be back here with us next week um, and even Wednesday for squads. God, be with us today as we study your word. In your awesome name I pray. Amen. All right, so today is a big day. Why is today so big? Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. So let me, let me just get a poll of the room. Let's see where everybody's kind of standing. So we're going to do a raise of hands. Who wants the 49ers to win? Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. we got a couple. All right. Who wants the Chiefs to win? Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. Now let's be honest. Some of you didn't raise your hands because you're probably waiting for this next question. Who is watching the Super Bowl just for the commercials. No, 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 no. I, I miss the days. Back when I was about your age, Doritos would have a fan competition every single year. So it would be these crazy fans who shoot a commercial, and they would pick the winner, and it would show at the Super Bowl. So I remember there was one year where there was this guy at the gym working out, and somebody stole his bag of Doritos. And the friend came in and threw a Dorito, and it, like, stuck in his neck. And then they flip to the guy, and he's got, like, a full, like, this, oh, like, warrior costume on just made of Doritos. So, it's awesome. If you don't watch for the commercials, you're missing out. I know the football's great. The commercials are even better. But let's put this last category out there. Who is going to a Super Bowl party just for the food? Okay, okay. You guys... All right, so you haven't hit that moment in life where the, the free food and the tailgate food is everything. Because it's going to be delicious tonight. So what I want to talk about today, out of Luke chapter 14, is this. I want to talk about a big party. Tonight, some of you are going to go to a pretty big Super Bowl party. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's just your family at the house watching TV. Or maybe you're in you know the den by yourself because nobody else wants to watch it. Today is a big party. Now, what we're going to read out of Luke 14 is another big party, a banquet. But let me just help you guys with this before we start. Some of you, when you hear the word banquet, you're like, boring. Like, that's not... Like, how many of you have ever been to, like, an honor roll banquet or a sports banquet? Are they fun? Okay, maybe you still think they're fun. As As you get older... Sometimes they get a little boring. Like, all right, I know what's gonna happen. Coach is gonna come up and introduce all the players and it's gonna be really awkward, and we're just gonna eat okay food. It's never great, it's just all right. Or you go to honor roll and you're like, all right, I've got to sit here, and me and my friends are gonna make jokes, and this one person's gonna walk across the stage and shake hands. And it's just a long, drawn-out, sometimes boring process. But this banquet here that we're gonna read about out of Luke 14 is not a boring party. It's an extravagant, fun wedding party. This is going to be more like a Super Bowl party than an honor roll banquet. So as we read today, keep that in mind, Super Bowl party, not honor roll banquet. So let's read Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 26. So I'm going to let you guys Kind of interact with the catchbox today. And what we're going to do, because I want as many of you to be able to read as possible, is we're going to read one verse at a time. So we got one verse up there, and we're just going to pass it around the room until we get to verse 26. So I see our first participant already. So speak clearly into the box. When one of those who yeah, when one of those who climbed the table with, yeah, with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Alright, who's next? Take your choice. Take your choice. There we go. But he said to him, a man once gave a a great banquet and invited many. Perfect. Throw it around. And if you're not reading, make sure you're paying attention because this is going to be the whole premise of the day is this story. And at that time, the banquet he sent his servant to say, those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. All right, keep going. we got a lot of verses, a lot of verses. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Right here, right here. Close, close. have bought five oxes. I mean, oxen. <laughs> Wait, yoke of oxen. There we go. And I got to examine them. Please have me excused. Perfect. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Nice throw. I love it. So, long. so the servant Came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. Ooh, a little hot. Ooh! <laughs> da-na-na, da-na-na, Super Bowl, right there. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done and still there is room. All right, we still got more verses. We need more readers. Come on, come on. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my houses may be filled. Okay. Okay. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Oh yeah, keep going, keep going. What? No. <laughs> now great crowds accompanied him and he turned and said to them, no. No. Ooh, ooh. Here we go. We've got two verses left. Two verses left. That was rude. I if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. One more, one more. Finish it off. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Ooh, dropping the gauntlet. Good job, guys. Give it up for each other. Hey, we saw some incredible hands. I saw a diving catch. I saw almost like a one-handed catch. It was great. So what I want to do is I want to, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. We We had some good ones. We had some good catches. But I want to read the passage again. I'm going to read it all to you so we can make sure we get what's going on here. So hey, again, in verse starting in verse fifteen is where we're going to start in Luke 14. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet, invited many. And at the time for the banquet he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said I have bought a five yoke of oxen and I and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said I married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Now great crowds accompanied him. He turned to them and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. For whoever, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So we're talking about this party right here. This party image is happening. And notice what happens. They're throwing this big party. They've invited all these friends. And who shows up? Nobody. Nobody. How awkward is that? Like, think about you had a huge birthday party. You sent invitations out way ahead. You picked a cool theme. Like, you're like, all right, what's going to get people here? We're going to play Fortnite. And we're just going to do that the whole time. And that's going to get people in the door. Or maybe we're going to do D&D or we're going to watch the Super Bowl. And nobody comes. You guys would be devastated. You guys would be hurt if nobody came to your party. So what does this person do that's telling the story, which is Jesus, the person in the story, begins to invite other people in. And it's really interesting when you think about who he invites. I mean, it's pretty crazy. So why did somebody not come? Why did the people who were invited really far in advance not come to the party? I think if we think about it, they gave some pretty big excuses. So we're going to walk over a couple excuses. What were you saying right here? Well, what did it say in the text? Yeah, he has to examine his oxen, he has to go check his field, and he just got married. I mean, pretty lame excuses if you tell me, but when we think about these excuses, first in verse 18 is the one that we just talked about where we have to go check out our field. Now, I know for you guys, it's like, oh, it's cool, like my parents have land, this is fine, this is normal. For them, land was everything. Like, you didn't have a bank, and you didn't have a savings account. You had land, and that was your wealth. So the, this man, who's been invited to this wedding, says, hold up. actually, I've actually bought some land recently, and I've not, I've not looked at it before, so I need to go do that. Would you buy something that is so valuable without looking at land? No. Like, you don't know what it looks like. It could be, like, a mountain. It could be all rocky. It could have crops already in it or it's been destroyed, you wouldn't buy land without first checking it. So this person says, no, 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 sorry, I've, I've done this thing and I need to go check out the land. And then the second excuse, what was that? You just said the five yoke of oxen. So I know that's like a weird phrase for us. So it's a pair of oxen, a pair of ox, and that costs half a year's wage. So what your parents make in salary for half the year is one pair. Notice there were five of them. So you're telling me this dude bought two and a half half years worth of ox and didn't see him? What if it's dying? What if it's skinny and can't pull anything? What if it is beaten up or what if it's old? Why would he spend two and a half years worth of money on something he hadn't seen? I mean, that's like this. Think about your parents. They've saved all this money. They've saved all this money, and they decide they're going to go out and buy a Ferrari. I mean, that would be, you'd be like, Mom, take me to school in the Ferrari. Let's go. This is going to be awesome. But then they go check the Ferrari, and it's been in a wreck. And it's not even, like, pieced together. It's falling apart, but they've spent two and a half years' worth because they didn't check the Carfax first. They didn't check in on the car to say, Is this a good car? Or am I just buying it because it's a Ferrari? And that's what this person did here in this second verse. I mean, they went out and bought oxen without checking the oxen. And the last one, I think this is the dumbest excuse in my opinion, says, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now, I know obviously none of you guys are married. I get that. That's good. So, girls, how much do you love getting dressed up and throwing your makeup on and going to a fun party? Okay. Well, some of you love it. Some of you don't. It's okay. Most girls love to get dressed up and look special and go to a party. Now, there's this interesting thing that happens in college where you become really broke. Like, you guys don't think you have money now? When you get to college, you don't know what money is. Like, you're like, oh, a penny. This is awesome. And you get so excited for that one penny. Well, when you get married, that continues. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm married. Now I have an abundance of wealth. No. Now you have two mouths to feed with no money. So it's not really a good idea. So I don't know about you guys. When I got married, man, we're having a potluck after church. Perfect, I'll be there. Next week we're coming to Wild, you might see me slip in because there's free pizza. Like, they would want this food. Oh, I just got married. You know, the wife wants to stay home. No, she doesn't. That's not true. So these people begin to make pretty lame excuses if you ask me. They've been invited way in advance, and they start to make excuses and saying, you know what, I know I've been invited. I know I've committed to this, but my wife, I mean, we're just going to stay home. We're going to watch Netflix and not do anything else. No, they did not go to the party. Now, it kind of shifts where it goes to after this. Who gets invited to the party? Who do they go out and invite? The poor, the broke, the sick, the lame. So they start to, this person in this story, because it's a parable, they're kind of telling a hypothetical story. The people who were invited chose not to come. So then the person who's throwing the party says, no, we got the party. We got the food. We've got to have the celebration. Let's bring everybody in. The poor, the sick, the lame, the beggars. In a second, it's going to say again, the people on the highway. Now, the reason they lived there is because they weren't accepted in the city. So they had to go live outside of the city. Bring them in too. Come on, bring them on. Why would the person do this? Why would they invite somebody who doesn't deserve to be there? It's because they're good. It's because they're good. Because what happens in verse 24 is this really cool shift where it reveals who the story is about. Verse 24, I'll read it again just to make sure that you guys see this with me. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. It changes from this random man's story to the storyteller's story. And that storyteller is Jesus. Jesus says, no, these people have been out in the highways and they did not feel like they belonged. But I'm opening the party up to everybody. Whether you had an invite back in the day or not, come on. Everybody's welcome at this party. And what that looks like is really the kingdom of God. What Jesus is doing is looking back to the Old Testament. The Old Testament, the group of people who belonged to God, who were the people of God, was Israel, was the Jews. They've had an invite for thousands of years, and the party finally comes. Oh, I've got to go. My wife doesn't want to come. I've got oxen to check on. I've got to go check out my field. They start to make excuses because they have not followed after the Lord and the Lord begins to bring in everybody else. And that's where we enter the picture, guys. That's where we enter into this story is we were not from Israel. We were not Jews by descent, but luckily out of God's love and grace, he offers you a seat at the banquet. He offers you to come in and to be able to be in his presence. Now I think this, and we'll kind of close with these kind of three things, I think there's three reasons why somebody might miss the banquet or might miss the kingdom of God. See, I think the first reason is this. Some people miss it because they didn't, they failed to recognize the invitation. They failed to recognize that Jesus was inviting them, that he was inviting you to be a part of this banquet. See, this A couple summers ago, there was this really big wedding overseas called the Royal Wedding. Now, I don't know how many of you guys care about that, but your parents, some of them stayed up until 4 a.m. or woke up at 4 a.m. just to watch these two people get married. Think if your parents got an invitation in the mail, they would have been shipped there, hey, we got a babysitter for you guys. I'm going to go over to England and watch this royal wedding. They wouldn't miss that invitation. And again, that same invitation is being given to you to enter into this wonderful, extravagant banquet. And are you missing the invite? Are you not listening to the fact that Jesus has said, you know, you have fear, well, I'll give you peace. You have sorrow, well, I'll give you joy. You are lost, but now I can help you be found. Jesus offers you eternity. He offers you joy and peace and life why would we not hear that invitation today? Why would we miss that invite? The second reason I think sometimes people miss the banquet or the kingdom of God is because they feel they are unworthy. They feel, uh, you know what, I don't, like, I can't go to God. He doesn't, he doesn't know what I'm going through. If he knew how bad I was, if he knew what I thought, or what I said, or what I did. No way God would accept me. But again, look back at the story. Who got invited? The poor, the sick, the lame, the beggars, the people on the highway. And this is the same spot we're in. We were poor in spirit. We were broken. We were needing hope. And Jesus has invited us in to that banquet. See, there's this word that we talk about a lot. It's a big word, so stay with me here. We talk about this a lot at our college ministry wave. It's the word justified. So this word justified means just as if I've never sinned. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, it's just as if you've never sinned. See, what happens is in your disobedience, where you make mistakes, there's Jesus over here on this side who is perfect, and he begins to take your punishment. Your wrath and your sin on the cross. So then, what does that leave you? That leaves you being perfect and spotless and blameless. See, it's just as if you've never sinned. So, if you feel unworthy, let me tell you this truth you're not. Because God has put a value on you that is more than anybody in this world could give. More than any money, any job, any school grade, any sports accolade or award, nothing in this life matters more than the price that God has paid for you with his son's life. That's how much he loves you guys. He loves you so much that he would send his son to die for each of you. And the thing is, he would do it again just the same because he loves you that much. Now there's this balance here that we can't say that we feel unworthy. But then the third point is this. Sometimes we miss the kingdom because we feel worthy. Now, some of you are like, hold up, sellers. That doesn't even make sense. Those are opposites. So if I can't feel unworthy, but I can't feel worthy, where do I? What I'm getting at here is that some people feel unworthy, like they can't be accepted. But then you, sometimes you have other people who say, no, I'm too good. And they don't begin to humble themselves to come to the Lord. See, some people miss the banquet, they miss the kingdom of God because they feel so worthy. Man, I'm I'm it. I'm the best. I am the man. And they miss the invitation. They see themselves higher than they are and they don't humble themselves before God and say, "God, I need you. And I can do nothing in my life without you. So please come and give me your son." The only way to receive Christ, guys, is by humbling ourselves. So today we've talked about this idea of a banquet. We've talked about an extravagant party with all the fancy plates, your favorite food, and at the head of the table is Jesus Christ. Guys, look up here. He is inviting you to come to the table today. He's saying, look, there's a seat right here. Come on, I'll pull it out for you. You belong at this table with me. All you have to do is believe and follow me. Will you guys pray with me? Dear God, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for these students. God, I pray that today maybe a student walked in who didn't really know you. They came because their parents were at church or they came because they thought it would be fun and it was the Super Bowl Sunday and they were excited. God, but I pray that today they walk out being full on the bread of life, that they are full on the way that you have filled them with your spirit and your love and your peace. God, I pray that this love isn't something that we take for granted, but we see it as a gift And something we don't deserve, but God, you still give it to us day in and day out. So God, be with these students this week. I pray that they begin to see and understand how to have a relationship with you. God, I pray that if there's somebody in this room who doesn't have one and has questions about how can I get that peace you were talking about? How can I understand joy in a way that I don't have? How can I be lost and now become found? God, I pray that they are bold and ask either their parents or their grade group leader or myself in a little bit, God, how do I enter into a relationship with you? So God, be with us today. Help us to have a great day, whether we're out with friends or family or watching the game or whatever we do, God, I pray that we do it for your glory and for your name alone. And it's in your awesome name we pray, God. Amen. So guys, I mean, that's Stay, 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 stay. I got you. We've got just a minute or two left. That's the best thing I can give you today. And I can can offer you something cool. I can give you a prize. I can give you some pizza. I can do whatever. We can play games and go back to mascots and all that is good. But if we miss the point that Jesus has offered us a seat at the table and we are missing the point, that is everything. So as you guys head out, if you have any questions about what this looks like, hey, settlers, how do I get into a relationship? How do I get that peace or that joy? What does it look like to follow Jesus? You can ask me. I'll be up here. You can ask any of your grade group leaders or anybody in the band, and we would love to help you understand how to have a relationship with Jesus. So, hey, I hope you guys have a great night tonight. Enjoy the game. I'm going to not say what side I'm on, but the Super Bowl commercials are great and the food is even better. You guys have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night.